We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mr. Fryer, let's duck, duck, go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I appreciate you hanging out here with me on a Friday afternoon. That temperature change last night was a was a thing. Is out walking the lakefront yesterday morning, feeling good. Yesterday afternoon, I opened up the windows. I was like, "Woo! It's, it's a little frosty out there." If you're wondering, Loyola is uh, getting beat still by ten. They have struggled to score. I think there's what six and a half minutes left or whatever, and they've only scored thirty-two points. Not great. Also, not great that Ohio State is not good at basketball. They are playing an ugly, ugly game. I did not know that Greg Odom was the assistant coach on their squad. Didn't know that. I'm very happy to see that Greg o- Greg Odin is is back out there and he is back and doing some stuff. And he's is he even? He's not even forty, right? He just always looked like he was forty. Last time I checked, too, he was like, wasn't he playing in, like, in the big three, like Ice Cubes League? Sure. Yeah, I remember that. Well, you need players. Let's see. Let's see how old Greg Oden is. Greg Oden is 34 years old, and it feels like we've been watching him forever. But I'm happy that he had an opportunity to, to coach at his alma mater, and he's doing it. Good for him. I wanted to talk a little bit of baseball. We – Usually, this show doesn't take a ton of phone calls. We like to get feedback from a lot of different places. It's a lot easier for me to transition from reacting to a text or sometimes inside the chat on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. I would like to take some calls today on the Cubs, but before you call, I, I want you to hear me out and react to what I'm saying, and then we can go from there. It's been an interesting week to be a Cub fan from my point of view. I think that from what I've seen via social, my interactions with Cubs fans over the last few months, there was a letting go that happened last year at the trade deadline. And it hurt. It hurt because it symbolized the end of Cubs Camelot. Like, The last five years previous to that was Camelot for Cubs fans. You saw a buildup. You saw a team start to realize midway through the 2014 season that it could be good. And then everyone was like, man, the Cubs are a year early in 2015. And then in 16, they win the World Series. After that, they were very competitive still, winning the divisions in the National League Central, but you got the sense that they weren't going to advance 
and then the series in 20 against the Marlins where they didn't hit at all was frustrating to most Cub fans. And there was an ask for change. There was an ask for, well, they've got to figure out something. The Theo Epstein slash Jed Hoyer regime didn't like to build pitching. They wanted to buy pitching, and it worked for them. Like they, they went out and got John Lester and John Lackey, and it jump-started Quintana. It jump-started where they were on their championship horizon. The idea was that the offensive players for the Cubs were going to be so good that you were, there, there was always going to be a baseline of this team's pretty good because they have Javier Baez and Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras. That there should be a baseline of you got those four guys, you're in great shape, and you can build around them. Throw Kyle Hendricks in there too. I I don't want to act like Kyle Hendricks ain't bleep because he's dope. But you know what I mean. When I'm talking about the the guys that are in the lineup every day. Over the last couple of seasons, it hasn't felt that way. And then they get off to a decent start last season, and then it fell apart. And it fell apart in an ugly way. It fell apart with an embarrassing losing streak. That embarrassing game against Milwaukee where you're up seven runs and you end up getting blown out. And it looked like the beginning of the end. Then you're at the trade deadline, and you're going, oh, wow. My favorite players are about to get moved. Chris Bryant is not going to be a Cub. Anthony Rizzo, the captain of the team, is not going to be a Cub. Javier Baez is going to be somewhere else. And I think for a little while, there were Cub fans that were like, Yes, they're being traded away, but maybe it's possible that one of them comes back. That maybe Chris Bryant goes and plays for the Giants and people were hoping that he'd win another World Series out there and then he'd come back to the Cubs or Javi would come back to the Cubs. I don't think Rizzo, even though judging by the money that he got from the Yankees, if what the Cubs reportedly offered him is true, he made a bad bet on himself and his back. Because the reports were 70 to $80 million for Anthony Rizzo, and he got 32 from the Yankees. That's shorting yourself quite a bit of dollars. But I understand it. If you're a competitive person like Rizzo is, you're going to have to do that. So now the Cubs go into this offseason. Jed takes over. Theo has walked away. Jed is now in full space command of what the Cubs are. And they've made what I think so far have been interesting moves. Bringing in Marcus Stroman and knowing that it's not like a a one-year deal that he wants to be here, and they got that done before the lockout. Stroman is still out here trying to convince players to come to the Cubs. He was most prominently kind of like, hey, Carlos Correa, come play with the Cubs. Jed has said this week that he feels like the middle infield situation for the Cubs is 
taken care of. I don't, I look at who they've got and I go, I'm not so sure about all that, but whatever. Then they go and sign Seiya Suzuki and they have to pay the posting fee to get him away from the, the Japanese league. And he is committed to them for a while. And we went through the breakdown of his contract. I, I like what I saw, but we are talking about transitioning over from the Japanese league. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes it is like for one of the greatest players that's ever done it. And some others they've transitioned and it looks like Suzuki has the type of profile to transition. I say all of that for those of you who are just joining into the conversation to just kind of set up where things stand. Here's what I wanted to ask you, and this is what I want to take phone calls on. Where are you at when it comes to the Cubs as far as what you need them to be doing as a fan of this team? Are you in the place of, I'm completely going to punt on 2022 because they've got so many holes that need to be filled. There's still a lot of salary in Jason Hayward that you're not happy about that isn't going anywhere. I I believe the first number that I saw on Cubs victories this season was 71 and a half. And then I think it moved to 73 and a half. I feel like over on it because of the way the the division is, which is another thing that I want to ask you about. Should it matter to Jed's plan that two teams in the National League Central don't care at all? The Pirates and the Reds have made their feelings clear. They are not here to try and win baseball games. This season and probably, I mean, for the pirates, it's been a minute. The reds were definitely trying last year and fell short, but they have traded off almost every good player on their roster and didn't resign some of the really good players on their roster. So what I wanted to ask you, whether you want to reply via text or inside the chat on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago, six seventy the score. I want to know where you're at. Baseball is back and we're all happy. Like, I'm, let me just give that blanket statement now so that you don't have to say it. We're all happy that baseball is back. But specifically when it comes to the North Side Nine, how are you feeling? How are you processing all of this stuff? How are you processing that Javi's not coming back, Bryant, is playing in Colorado, which I'll get to in a minute, and Rizzo is in New York. Like, that part of your Cubs fandom seems to be completely over, other than Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks being like, hi, we're still here. 312-644-6767 is the number. That number is the number that you can text, is also the number that you can call. Let me speak on Chris Bryant as I wait for your feedback. I'm fascinated by him signing with the Rockies. I don't know what was on the table for him to be a Cub. 
I, I'm not sure what was on the table for him to be a Cub. His side has said that there was no offer for him. The Cubs was like, we absolutely offered him something. To see him sign in Colorado, I was watching Sports Center when it happened. I was watching L. Duncan, who I think is by far the best Sports Center anchor now. By far. And there are a lot of good ones right now, but I think she's the best one. And I'm sitting there going, wow, that's a that's an interesting choice for Chris. Here's why I think it's an interesting choice for Chris. He was the poster child for the union's anger at ownership about service time. That he looked at being not being with the Cubs when he was ready to be with the Cubs as a slap in the face. And while he then came up, was rookie of the year, was MVP, won a World Series. One of the, I think, top 10 players of the game for the first three seasons of his career. And beyond that, still, I would have him as a top 50 player in the game. I kept wondering as I'm hearing this and him signing a long-term deal with Colorado going, did Chris just say, you know what? It doesn't matter where I, it doesn't matter where you play. It doesn't matter where I play. I have won already. I've won divisions. I've won a world series. I have won the highest award in the league. Two, two of the highest awards in the league, I've won. And I wonder if the experience of being on the front lines of the negotiation between owners and players, bitter's not the right word. And radicalized probably is too strong of a word. But I wonder if all of that changed his perspective on the game. I think that when Chris is out there, he likes having fun. I think that he enjoys being around teammates. I have no reason to believe that he doesn't enjoy playing baseball. But when I saw him sign with Colorado, I'm like, yo, man, you're not, you have no chance of winning. Ever. And in my mind, even though it's a no-trade clause, I, I go, he'll lose for three and a half years there and be asked to be moved somewhere else. I'm not mad at him if his choice was, I'm going to get every dollar of this. I am going to use the system the way that the system used me. I don't care where I play. I'm going to get every single dollar that I can. There is a part of me that's a little saddened by it. Because if you were drawing up players that you would think would be here for forever, Chris Bryant and Javier Baez are like, that, that's, those are two guys that you go, yeah, they should, they should probably be Cubs for life. That's not how any of this works. 
And now I plan to see him. I think he'll. I think he'll go thirty-five and fifty, like home runs and doubles, in that ballpark, and he'll put up great numbers. I'm not sure that even he understands how miserable it might be being on a team that is destined to lose ninety to a hundred games for at least the next two seasons. And I'm, I'm toggling back and forth between being happy that. He got a big deal, more money than he's ever seen. That money is guaranteed. He's His wife is getting ready to have twins. You have three boys running around. And being sad that it wasn't going to happen for him here and that we might see him, we, we might be seeing a guy that turned into a mercenary because of what happened with his career. 312-644-6767 is the number. Hey, Clint, you're on the score. Aloha, what's up, my man? Nothing much, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm just thinking about the Cubs. I think, to your point, the player's sentiment is real. I mean, when, when, all they, when they were all here, Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, they were loved here. They brought up the title. Even though they underperformed, in my opinion, they should have, they're like 85 Bears. But they, I, they were they were. A, very meaningful to Chicago, but the player sentiment feels a lot of Blackhawks-esque to me. I mean, we lost Shaw, we lost Keith, we lost Hosa, we lost Seabrook, and it just feels like a total Chicago sports thing to win a title and then everybody's gone, and it's like, all right, well, should we bring them back? Shouldn't we do this? They're going to teams that aren't going to win, and it's like, I don't know, it just feels very Blackhawks-ish to me. I, I think that that's probably a fair way to look at it, that there are some similarities Cross sports things are difficult to cross sports analogies are difficult to pull off, but I see where you're coming from on that. A texter says it, with KB, it's like KB's innocence loss. I agree with you. I I think that that guy always had a a business like perspective, but I think he thought, well, I'm so good. I'm re- like I'm really good at baseball. I was high school player of the year. Wasn't he like junior college player of the year and then college player of the year and then rookie of the year and MVP? I'm sure he was like, I'm really good. So once I get there and I show them how good I am, they won't be able to deny me. And then the Cubs were like, well, we're going to deny you a few weeks. You need to work on your defense. Mm, Service time. And then, then he's like, what? But I'm really good. Yeah, we know, but, you know, we'd like to keep you. And then you don't end up keeping him for the whole time. You end up trading him for prospects. Like, you know. Jeremy's in Logan Square. Hey, Jeremy, you're on the score. Hey, Lawrence. I love your show, man. Thanks. I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, so I am like a hair's breadth away from jumping the Cubs ship, believe it or not, and becoming a White Sox fan full-time. Full well, wait, uh, let, let, let's examine some stuff here. Forget about the White Sox for a second. What's got you feeling that way about the Cubs? Honestly, it is uh, – it's kind of touchy because it's kind of wading into political stuff. And I don't know if – I'm not, you know, you, the guy who screened the call said, like, ah, oh, great, I'm going to put you on. I'm surprised he did put me on. So, um, this is the score. You shouldn't be surprised. We – if. Are you are you saying you know, that you can't you can't roll with the Ricketts? Is that what you're saying? I cannot roll. Here's in in specifics. I cannot roll with with. Uh, I believe it's 
I want to say Tom Ricketts, whoever was basically, I'm, I'm forgetting the first name of the guy who basically raised money for, uh, for the, the Trump campaign. Now, before we go that route, though, no problem. If, you, if people voted for Trump, that's not the issue. That's not the issue at all. Like, I, I, I didn't vote for him, but that's not the issue. The issue is once that guy basically started a coup against the government and that the Ricketts family who really raised money for this guy, that they didn't, that they didn't even issue like a tweet saying we support Trump. We don't support what he said on that day. Like it was, a, it was to me, it's a really super major thing that does transcend sports um, and was very upset. Like, I, I need something. Give me something. Give me a bone to, well, well, to wait. gnaw. Then, then let's then I want to try and figure this out. What then would satiate you? What would allow for you to not think so harshly about Tom slash Todd and their political leanings? baseball wise with the Cubs or are they already too far gone for you? Well, no, look, I'm look, I'm a Cubs fan my entire life. Um, Running home from grammar school to catch Jack Brickhouse and (laughs) Lou Boudreaux do the last three innings. So this is a big deal for me. Uh, Honestly, all I wanted was even like, it could even be a criticized uh, tweet for its insincerity or whatnot, but just something that acknowledges, um, hey, we know our family, and particularly Todd is associated very closely with the 45th president, and we're proud of that, but we were not proud of what he said on January 6th, uh, 2021. Um, If it was literally just that, like, I'm not asking them to withdraw support for for Trump, and I'm just... I'm asking to acknowledge that the man they supported did a terrible, ter- like the worst thing I've ever seen in my lifetime a president do. Okay. I mean, I, I think that I, I can tell you that there are a lot of people who agree with you. And there are a lot of people who disagree with you on that. There are some people that would prefer that any type of political conversation not happen around sports. But I think that the Ricketts do make that difficult because the field itself has been used for political gain. And in, in some cases, because Laura is not, like she's politically opposite of her brothers, uh, uh, reportedly. How do you counterbalance that? Like, is that enough of a counterbalance? I think there are other people that would add that on to things that they don't like about Tom. And that can be the marquee network and the rollout of a marquee network or not having free baseball available to Cubs fans, which free baseball, meaning not on cable or streaming service, it's hard to find that anywhere in Major League Baseball. Although... I was talking to some, I still think this is a good idea. And I ran it by some television executives to see if I was crazy. I think that what the Cubs should have done with Marquee, and there's really good programming and good people who work at Marquee. I just want to be clear about that. What they should have done 
is what the Yankees did with WPIX. And what the Yankees did with WPIX, where the games are on Yes Network, Sunday games were on WPIX, so over-the-air television. To me, Marquee should have done that with Channel 9. That, yes, we are moving over to Marquee and most of the 150 games or you know, Cubs are always playing nationally, so probably close to like 145 games are going to be on Marquee. But on Sundays, our games are going to be on Channel 9. I think that it also would have allowed Marquee to use Channel 9 as a way to promote Marquee. Like, it's the same broadcast, but it's just on over the air. And they could have been like, this is the type of programming that you're going to get on Marquee. I wish they would have done that. And when I talked with a couple of of high-ranking television officials, they told me that it wasn't that crazy of an idea and that it made a lot of sense to do. So you add that into what people think is the breakup of the Cubs. All of those things can go into a fan being like, man, I I don't vibe with my team right now. And that's a hard thing. I can tell you from the perspective of a White Sox fan, I had very similar feelings last year. Very. And voiced them. And it got me in trouble with a lot of people over 35th and Shields. So I understand where you're coming from. 312-644-6767 is the number. We can continue to talk about the Cubs. We'll do that next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. And you can't stop the rain. Can't stop the rain. When it starts to pour. Oh, because it's raining outside? All right, now I get what's going on. You got to tell me. By the way, real talk, I think Shaq snapped on this. I, I Even, like, the people usually say, like, the Fushnikin stuff is, like, the best stuff with Shaq rapping. I think You Can't Stop the Rain is the best stuff that he did as a rapper. You got to hit that remix, too. Yes. Just one man's opinion. A lot of people are inside whether it's text or inside the the chat on twitch twitch.tv slash chicago 670 the score all of us are at different points of what it is that we care about politically we're on a on a spectrum i i like to think of the american political spectrum as an inverted u some people think of it as a straight line i i don't i think of it as an inverted u but 
And people are trying to figure out, like, what are the things that I care about? And does that then supersede how I feel about a particular sports team or an owner? That's some of the stuff that we're seeing when it comes to Cubs fans' reactions to Tom Ricketts. Another thing, this past week it was a big story that Cubs ownership looks like it it's in the hunt to, to sign Chelsea. And there are people that even if, if they don't care about the Ricketts as a family and their political leanings, they do care about telling Cubs fans, you ain't got no money and you suffer biblical losses and then going to chase a, a club that's going to cost them $4 billion or whatever. So it's interesting taking your temperature on kind of where things stand because you also are now in a place where some of your favorite, like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez are all-time Cubs. Let's keep it a buck. They are all-time Cubs. The way that people talk about Ernie Banks and the Alabama Whistler, 30 years from now, that's how they're going to talk about Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez. And for them to not be anywhere close to the team anymore, I I do think that it, it drums up a lot of feelings that Cubs fans are trying to Reconcile, and I think that it's okay for you to do that. Let's go to Jack. Hey, Jack, you're on the score. Hey, what's going on, Lawrence? Big fan. Oh, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. You know, I was no for sure. Um, you know, I I I don't like, I don't think this season the Cubs are going to be you know this some division contending great team, but I am feeling optimistic overall because I don't need the you know this year I feel it's kind of 2014 where we're seeing certain guys in the team this year who could be a part of the core pieces when we're good again three years and these prospects are coming up. And I think even more so, I, I trust Jed in building this roster. Um, I think the, the contracts talk about with Chris and Javi and Rizzo, the, the Jed said the contracts would hold up when the market hit, and I think they have. So I really – I agree. I, I mean, as much as, I, as much as it's tough to see them go somewhere, I mean, you can't if – they, if they didn't want to sign the contract, they didn't want to sign the contract. Like, I don't necessarily blame the Cubs for that anymore. I, I think that that's a really mature and fair way to look at it. One could argue that they offered Anthony Rizzo over market price for what you're expecting a guy at his age with his back problems to do. I think Yankee Stadium's a great place for him to play. I think I think out there in Denver is a great place for, for Chris Bryant to get his numbers right if he wants. And honestly, Javi's a fit in Denver. I mean, in, in Detroit. He's a fit. All of this is, I think, individually going to work out. But it leaves Jed with a big job to do. When I've talked to Jed, and I'm hoping, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to him before the season starts, I find him to be thoughtful and smart. I also think that he's his concept of team building is actually different than Theo's. And now some of that stuff is going to be put into practice. Let's go out to Dwayne, who is in McHenry. Hey, Dwayne, you're on the score. Hey, Lawrence, how you doing? I'm good. What's up, dude? Hey, first of all, you know, I love your intro. You know, it being a short show, it, it it's a prelude of that. What's coming is fast and fur- furious, and I just absolutely love it. Well, thank you. I live now, my life one quarter mile at a time. Yeah, 
So getting back to the Brian thing, um, you know, he's a different cat. He, you know, I think he, right now he's in a different place in his life. He's got, you know, wife, family, and I think his priorities haven't changed, but shifted winning and being competitive is still there. But like I said, his priorities are different. The thing that bothers me about the Brian situation is it was always, uh, that he was done dirty by the Cubs. Now, my question is, is when he came out of spring training as a rookie, if the Cubs would have brought him up, would he and Boris cut the Cubs a break when he hit free agency? I don't think he did because that's the business side. The Cubs exercised their business side, and he would have exercised his business side. And and that's the whole thing that bothers me. Well, Well, maybe. Like, you might be right about that. They may have played hardball, but you know how we use the concept all time of the, the discount, the hometown discount? I would imagine if I were Chris Bryant that I would be more open to the hometown discount had they done right by me with the service time stuff. Or you can look at it like, um, and maybe he was too good to, he, he'd already done enough. You can look at it the way that Rick Hahn usually likes to work with prospects where he buys out arbitration years. Like, let's, you want to come to the majors? Here's how we do it. We're going to buy out these arbitration years. We're going to give you a big, fat sack of money right now on, on a risk. We, it's, it's a risk for us, but what White Sox players have found so far is the risk reward is worth it. It's worth it to sign for 60 million to get to the big leagues, start your clock and and start your career and not have to worry about any of that stuff. It's a difference in philosophy. But it's a it's a really cool thing to like I, I think it's a prescient question by you of would if the Cubs would have, in good faith, brought Chris Bryant up, would that good faith have been reciprocated by Bryant and Boris on signing an extension? Sean's on the score. Hey, Sean. Hey, Lawrence. Love your show, man. Thanks for keeping me company on this dreary uh, Friday afternoon. Oh, glad to help out. What's on your mind? So I kind of wanted to touch on what you were or what the original caller was saying about, um, you know, how he doesn't really like Donald Trump and, you know, how that kind of shifts his focus to the Ricketts. I think it's interesting, especially because you brought up the whole purchasing of the uh, the Chelsea Soccer Club, that isn't that team owned by one of those Russian oligarchs that's like close with Putin. And now I think he's found himself on a, a few different country sanctions list. Yes, and they, they, he's had to kind of divest his ownership. And now they would have to come in and take. Is there a connection you're making, or are you saying that it was interesting? I, I just, I just thought it was interesting. Really, really, what I wanted to touch on, especially with the Cubs for this year, is, you know, with the with the incorporation of the marquee network, have the Cubs done enough to keep fans engaged? Have you, you know, done enough to put a product out there that will make people actually want to sign up for this service? I mean, does it take, you know, more splashy signings? Are we talking about, you know, maybe bringing Brennan Davis up from the minors? I mean, like, what, what about this Cubs team other than the signing of uh, Suzuki that's really, you know, makes me want to watch? Well, I, I think Stroman's an interesting cat. 
And I think he's got something. I think he's good. Like, on top of him being interesting, I think he's a good pitcher. But, yeah, you start looking at the complete mosaic of the Cubs roster and you go, eh. But then again, you look at the National League Central and you go, they got two teams that don't want to play. You're in third place without doing a thing. And what's the distance between you and first place? So, wait, let me get this straight. Someone from the Twitch actually called the show? That's interesting. Hello, Northside 5. Hello, Lawrence. And I must second whoever talked about the base drop earlier. It is the highlight of my day. Honestly, I, I, if it weren't for me being in a boot right now, I, you know, get up and dance and everything. It's a whole, it's a whole thing I do. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you all for that. Oh, you're welcome. Highlight of the day. But um, talking about the Cubs, just kind of bear with me for a second. So I have been a fan of this team forever. I have stuck with them. I've lived outside in like Atlanta, yeah, near Cobb County where the Braves play for years. I've stuck with this team for years. And, you know, I didn't want them to even do the original rebuild because I was like, look, we have owners that have money now when the Ricketts bought the team. Why do we have to go through all this? And I was wrong, thankfully. You know, the, the rebuild worked and we had these guys that were around my age and it was wonderful. Um, but it, it just, it felt like when the team won, it, it, it felt like the Ricketts were kind of just milking the win. And after they kind of were like, oh, we got to get serious because we got to stay with the Dodgers and all these other teams, and they went and they got Darvish, it felt like after that the money dried up and they just kind of pointed at Jason Hayward's contract like, hey, hey, we can't do anything because of this big old contract we have here. And it just, it, as a fan, it, it just felt so frustrating to watch the team kind of slowly die. And then when the trades happened, I had this white-hot anger. It really hadn't subsided until, ironically, yesterday I sat and watched the team and watched, you know, some of these guys that they got back in the in the trades. And I was like, well, I guess maybe. But- well, I, I'm sorry to cut you off because we're up against the clock. But I thank you for the phone call. Yeah, th- that's why I wanted to have this forum. Because I don't think that we've done enough of this. And look, we've run out of show. But we will continue to have conversations like this as the season gets underway. Cool? Cool. Back after this on The Score. To give you a little bit of insight of how my life works during baseball season, every morning during baseball season, I watch my favorite show on MLB Network. It's called Quick Pitch. It's a 30-minute show where they run through everything that happened in Major League Baseball. You get the highlights. You get get to hear the commentators from each team kind of do some of the highlights. It's a fast-moving, fun show that I watch. I thought uh, Lauren Gardner, who was the host last year, did a great job. This year, I get to watch that show and know that my friend hosts it. If you didn't hear, Sierra Santos, who used to be here at NBC Sports Chicago, is my teammate over there. She worked at Fox. She has been on House of L. She's been on this radio show. She's going to be hosting that show from now on, and I couldn't be more excited. She's an, an absolute champion. If you know anything about her story, 
she will say on the record that baseball saved her. That she was a kid without a lot of direction, and her and her dad used to start going to Diamondbacks games, and it got her on the straight and narrow. It got her to get her GED. It got her to graduate summa cum laude, I want to say, from Arizona State after that, and for her to get into this business. To see her career come full circle, where baseball is the thing that got her back right, and now for her to be hosting a signature show on MLB Network is awesome. Please support Sierra Santos when she hosts Quick Pitch starting at the beginning of the season. They could not have hired a better person. I'll talk with Parkins and Spiegel next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.